Today, Kyle and I talk about IPAs. That's income producing activities. We talk, we kind of break this down into three sections. We talk about the math of hitting your goals and Kyle explains exactly why that every time you pick up the phone and dial, you actually get paid $25 per dial, whether someone answers or not. So we break that down and he shares a spreadsheet, all sorts of cool stuff. We talk about uh, the stoplight experience or exercise, how to basically um, build your day to where you actually spend time doing things you love and offload doing things you don't. And we talk about what we call in our company, our core four, the four main pillars of everyone's business that you should focus on, add one or two more. And if you focus on these four, your business will grow exponentially. Welcome to this week's episode of the Whistway Podcast. Kyle, one of the things that I think really hurts real estate agents is the overabundance of opportunities. Um, it's not the fact that there's not enough leads or there's not enough lead sources, but I think a lot of times people get super distracted on all the shiny objects. Today, I want to talk about how can we help our agents, our colleagues, our coworkers staying focused on what really matters and what the income producing activities are. Um, so that way they're not off chasing the new, cool, exciting, sexy thing, but really focusing on what will make them money. But if they go and don't chase sexy things, there will be no more conferences because that's all conferences are these days. That's true. Do you want to go do some conferences? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the thing that a lot of people get in this industry for is they want like freedom and flexibility to do what they want when they want. What a lot of people come to realize is like they don't know what the fuck to do with all of that freedom and flexibility and therefore they end up doing a whole lot of nada. Well, a whole lot of searching for the easy button. Well, yeah, they're, they're always on the quest for the easy button. Yeah. So let's talk about what what it looks like to stay focused on things that will actually make them money. We can do that. Cool. Well, well, welcome to the Whistle Way podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with eXp Realty here in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics that you need to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So rather than us guessing about uh, topics that you want to hear about, you can just tell us at thewhistleway.com, thewhistleway.com. Uh, in addition to asking questions on there, you can subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. You can join our uh, referral network for everybody leaving California, and you can get dialed in on our email newsletter and private Facebook group where we share a lot of tips and tricks of what we are working on inside the company. Company, all at thewhistleway.com. Uh, and you can get dialed in with our video content creation course called the Media Mayor Mastermind. Brian and I will teach you everything we've learned over the last eight plus years creating content together. And all the things we're still learning. Yeah, every day. So first, Kyle, let's talk about with income, staying focused on income producing activities. I know you like to talk about this and I think this is really powerful. Talk about first, what is our time worth, right? Yeah, because before we say, up. hey, how do we determine what is a good use of my time or what isn't, um, there's a good kind of flow of, well, how much, first you have to figure out what's your time worth. And so if your time is only worth $3 an hour, then yeah, dropping flyers in this might be a good idea. But if it's, if it, you got to find that breaking point really. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to pull this up. So I actually built a spreadsheet. Um, if you want a copy of this thing, let me know. Um, just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'll send this over to you. But I built something that's kind of the science or the math behind hitting your goals. And so we threw a few variables in here. Um, some of the variables that we threw in there is what's your dial to contact rate? So how many people do you have to dial in order to contact somebody? 
what is your contact to appointment rate, your appointment to close rate, and then ultimately how much money you make on an average closing. And then based on that data, we can figure out how much is your time worth. And then we break it down into some very simple, simple things. Um, what we ran with with our calculations here is 10% on dials to contacts, 10% on contacts to appointment. So that means that's 100 dials for an appointment, like 10% plus 10%. That's um, 100. And then you know, 25% appointment to close rate, $10,000 commission per closing. Um, now I understand obviously that's going to change based on where you're at in the country, but that's where we're at here in, in California. So what this boils down to, which is where it gets really interesting, is to understand that based on all that data I just gave you, the dollar per dial for an agent is $25. Just to dial. That doesn't mean you actually like talk to anybody. Just the art of picking up the phone and dialing, $25 per dial. Like if you're watching this, like if you knew that every time you picked up the phone and made a dial it was going to make you $25. I bet you would dial a whole lot more, but you've never actually broken the numbers down before to, to realize that or understand that. But it's $25 an hour. And let's say you're like, well, your numbers well, no, are, that's $25 a dial. dial. Sorry, $20 a dial, a dial. Just pick up the phone, dial. And I guarantee you can make more than one dial per hour. I hope. Well, you would think, um, I, we've got agents who make one dial a week. So, um, $25 a dial, every contact, $250. Every time you actually dial and get connected and have a contact, $250. So every time you get in a conversation and then hourly rate, it's $500 an hour. Like every hour that you're actually like picking up the phone and just making some calls, it's worth $500 an hour. It's but a lot. lot of people don't think about that because you've never actually like looked at the, the math behind it or the science behind it to understand like, hey, if, I, if it takes me 10 dials to talk to somebody and then it takes me 10 you know, conversations to set an appointment and I close 25% of those appointments and I make 10,000, this is what it is. A lot of times you just never have actually sat down and thought about that before. But once you actually sit down and realize it and start to realize every time you pick up the phone and just make a dial, it's worth 25 bucks. Like, that's crazy. Now, look, there's variables in here, right? Like, who are you calling? Are you using a dialer? Blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of variables mixed in there. I get that. Um, but it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to stop and think about that. And that's based on 20 dials an hour. Now, if you, like, used a dialer, you could increase that substantially. Um, but that's based on a 20 dials per hour average clip. So if you could simply increase from 20 dials an hour to 40 dials an hour, guess what? Now your hourly rate goes up to $1,000. What if you could like increase your uh, conversion rate from 25% to 50%, right? Like there's all these little variables where if you can just make some minor little tweaks in there to improve any one of those things, your value of time goes up. But if we just run with my default scenario, um, you're running at like 500 bucks an hour. And so that's making calls yes. to your database. Prospecting, prospecting yes. right? Um, so obviously that is a core pillar that yes. someone should focus on. Yes. I mean, it's not even a pillar because it's within every single pillar, right? Um, what other things should an agent be focused on? Give me another pillar of something that agents should be focused on rather than chasing the shiny new. All they should do is prospect all day. Don't do anything else. I'm just kidding. Now you got to do other That's stuff easy. too. Um, <laughs> but that is the highest dollar per hour activity that you have in this industry is to just be on the phone making dials. Like that is by far the highest dollar per hour activity that there is. 
the the problem I see, and we'll go into you know what's worth your time, what's not. But where a lot of agents struggle is we find ways to be more efficient to save time. Um, you know, for example. Like I have an assistant who's literally going to grab me a coffee right now because I don't have the fucking time for it, mm-hmm. right? But my time, if I were to go and there's a particular coffee shop I like, it's down the street. It's like a 10-minute walk there. It's going to take 10 minutes for them to make a coffee, 10 minutes to come back. Like that's 30 minutes of time. Now, there's days I need the brain break and I want the fresh air and I'll go do it. But like today, her going and do that saves me 30 minutes. Now, it's a matter of like when you do something like that that saves you 30 minutes of time, what are you going to do with that time? And that's where things get off the rails is we start to find efficiencies like having an assistant to do, you know, take some of those tasks off your plate for you. Um, or like, you you know, I love DoorDash and stuff like I use that all the time because I think it's foolish to like waste the time to go drive to get lunch and drive back. Like little things like that that are just big time suckers, um, companies that will come pick up your dry, you know, your dry cleaning and laundry from your house. Like, that stuff sucks. That's time consuming to do laundry. So there's all these ways you can get yourself time back. But then the problem is people get that time back and they don't use it for um, income generating activities. And that's where things get a little bit screwy. And, and even like on our team, we have concierges who will like, they'll set up appointments for our agents for showings. They'll fill out, um, you know, the CRM forms. They will write offers for our agents. They'll I'll do all these tasks for our agents that save them time. But then the question is, what are you going to do with that save time? And if we don't focus on the numbers that I just went over, just on a basic criteria of $500 an hour prospecting, like you pay, like I pay my executive assistant to do task, right? And she makes more than a traditional assistant. She's been with me a long time. It's amazing. Um, But if I spend, let's say $50 to save myself 30 minutes, if I then go do a smart task like prospecting, for 30, those 30 minutes, that's a $250 income for a $50 expense. That's a net 200 positive. Like that makes sense. But a lot of people will offload tasks to save time and they don't replace them with something equal or greater value. Um, so there's an exercise. We talked about this a long time ago, but it's probably a good time to, to refresh. This is the stoplight exercise. Mm. And so what I recommend you do is for about two weeks, I think two weeks will get you an adequate sample size. I want you to write down on a calendar everything you do in 30-minute increments. So I want you to stop at lunchtime and write down everything you did from the time you started to lunch. Hopefully there was something. Hopefully you're not just starting at lunchtime. Yes, I'm talking to you, you lazy motherfucker. Um, So write down everything you did in 30-minute increments up to lunch. And then write down at the end of the day, do the same thing. What did you do after lunch until the end of the day? Then just write down 30 minute increments and do that for two full weeks. Now you got a lot of data in there. Then what I want you to do is take three highlighters, a yellow highlighter, a red highlighter and a green highlighter. And I want you to highlight all of the stuff that you're doing that is either below your, um, below your, income level. And just for math purposes, if you want to make $100,000 a year, you work an average about 2000 hours a year. So that puts your time at $50 an hour. So let's just run with that example. So anything that's less than $50 an hour, or you hate doing, because there's things that might be worth more, but you just absolutely hate doing them offload it. It's not you're you're far more productive if you're doing things that you actually enjoy doing. So anything that's under $50 an hour, or you hate doing that's red. 
Then on the flip side, you have all the things that are above $50 an hour that you love doing is green. And then you kind of have the in-between stuff. There's, these are the things that are like, I'm okay doing those, but if I could offload those at some point, I would like to do that. Highlight all those in yellow. Like that's how you figure out like where your, it makes sense for you to be spending your time. So then the goal becomes offloading all of those red tasks. So then you can figure out how do I offload those red tasks? Is it, are there services that can offload those tasks? Or maybe I get a virtual assistant. Maybe I get an actual assistant. Like ideally that's the job description for your initial assistant. And then you just got to determine, can that be somebody virtual? Cause you can hire somebody very talented for five bucks an hour, roughly, um, virtually, or does that need to be somebody local? Cause if you need somebody to like actually run around and run errands and stuff like my assistant does some really high level, like financial planning for me, but she also does stuff like grab me a coffee when I'm just, you know, bugging out all day. Um, there's days she'll go do returns of like all the crap that I buy on Amazon that I change my mind on, or I have a shoe, uh, addiction. Maybe I buy shoes that look cool online and then I don't like them when I get them. Like you got to return that stuff. Um, lock boxes, <laughs> flyers, just so many things, yeah. right? Like, so you got to just start with that red. That's your assistant's job description. And then you're doing everything in yellow and green. And over time, the goal becomes offload everything that's yellow to where you're only doing green, which means it's the, the hide all the things that are worth uh, at or above what your expected income level is. And you love doing because now you're making the kind of money that you want to make and you're having fun doing it. And that's a very happy uh, lifestyle. It's a happy place to be. So we got to do the math behind hitting your goals. We yes. just talked about that. And you have a spreadsheet. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys want, it's an interactive spreadsheet, or you can just tell me your numbers and I'll, I'll give you the data. Um, but I, w- I want you to really understand how much your time is worth when you're actually prospecting. How much is it worth every time you make a dial? How much is it every time you have a conversation? And then I can even work backwards too. And you could tell me what your income level is. And I can tell you how many hours per day you need to prospect to hit that goal. And again, if you go, oh, I can it could turn out that you have to prospect 48 hours a day to hit your goal. Well, well yeah, that's then, then you, you a, agent who sold two homes last year and your goal is 200 this year. Yeah. That's what it's going to take for you. Yeah. But that's where you get to find the efficiencies. That's where you go from 10% uh, or 25% appointment to close to 50%. That's where you go from 10% uh, contact to appointment to 20%. So, okay. We talked about that. We talked about the stoplight exercise, which I love. I want to talk about, a little bit about our core four, the four things that every agent should focus on in their business. Um, the, the fourth one is specific if you're on a team, but what are the f- core four things that we find are the highest and best for income producing activities? Yeah, the thing we've decided to do on our team, because we know there's so many distractions, there's uh, sh- so many shiny objects out there. We wanted to narrow it down to like, what are the core four things that you really need to be focused on um, and block out all the distractions? Because if you're like a lot of agents, you're going to conferences, you're watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, and you're getting, you just pulled in a million different directions of all these different ways to be successful, which again, there is freedom and flexibility to do a million different things. The problem is if you do all a million different things, you do nothing. Um, So we really want our agents to stay focused on our core four and then add like one or two additional pillars that are um, unique to that particular agent. Like we've got a couple agents on our team who love door knocking. Like they're very comfortable with it. They're confident. They enjoy it. Like, cool. Now there's other agents who like the thought of knocking on a random's door, like makes them break out in hives. Maybe that's not your fifth one. Um, you know, we've got other people that are, 
uh, fantastic networkers and they go out and they just crush networking events. Like that's a, that's a fifth pillar for that person. So everybody's going to be a little bit unique in what they do, but we really want to keep all of our agents focused, um, on their core four. like, what are those four things? Um, those four things they, they, an agent should focus on. And, and I think this is universal, probably across all markets, all price points, all experience levels. I don't know that this really changes. So the core four, um, yeah, I don't think it changes. So core four, number one is your sphere. If you talk to any agent who's been in the industry for 10 plus years, I guarantee you sphere, uh, referrals from their sphere, like that's going to be their number one and two lead sources. Most likely, um, past clients obviously is mixed in there, but it's, that's going to be your number one source of business. And so I looked up the numbers for our company because um, we're, we're working on challenges and, and focusing on our sphere. And do you, could you guess how much a GCI we brought in in the last 12 months from sphere? In the last 12 months? In the last 12 months. Five million? Just over $2 million. Okay. So when people go, well, you know, my sphere, they're not going to buy a house or I don't want to bug them or I don't want to feel salesy. Just in our company in the last 12 months, $2 million in GCI that we didn't have to pay a referral fee on. We didn't have to pay a portal fee on. Uh, these were people that already know us and like us. They trusted us to help them sell their home. And these are the best people to work with. Uh, why would you want that? Don't you want to call and just get like told to fuck off all day long? Yeah, no, like, isn't not that me. way more fun? That's not, you know, that's not me. <laughs> I, I would call my best friends every day as opposed to calling, um, you know, Zillow leads or Facebook leads that you're trying, you, you ring them 15, 20, 30 times before they even tell you to fuck off. You spend 30 phone calls before they even say, oh yeah, no, that's, that's not me. Right. Yeah. And so that's, I love that. And when I looked at that, I really was surprised by in the last 12 months, what our team did, especially when you hear people all the time say, oh no, my, my sphere won't buy. It's our number one source of business. Um, so that's number one. Number two is social media. Now, to me, social media is not going on there and just posting all day long about your new listing in your open house. Sure, you can pepper some of that stuff in there, but it's almost an extension of Sphere, right? Absolutely because is. you're getting all of your people added on social media. Um, we focus on how do we engage with those people? What kind of content do we create that's going to be engaging both for them and for, um, you know, meeting non-followers, as we'll call them, or non-friends? Um, but social media is, is great, and I think it should be a core component to what we do. But it's not, like, the thing about it is I like it far more for engagement than for lead generation. And that's, when, that's what I'm most focused on with social, because here's what I can tell you. For every one agent you show me who's wildly successful on social media, I will show you a thousand that are wildly successful working their sphere of influence. So for us, when we do say sphere, it's far more for engagement with our sphere. Um, or social, I'm sorry, social is for engagement with our sphere, with our referral partners, with our community, things along those lines, far less about like running ads and um, that type of stuff. And when I talk about, cause I just talked to our new agents that just joined the team uh, today, I break it down and I say, it's social, then it's media. It's engagement, it's community, it's society, it's, uh, it's people, right? You're social first and then it's media. And so if I say, hey, you have four hours to spend on social media, the smart person spends those four hours on social media, sending DMs, uh, commenting, engaging, liking, sharing, favoriting, engaging with the people on their social. The, the 
analytical, says, oh, okay, I'm going to spend four hours brainstorming this video that I'm going to then spend 16 hours filming and then I'm going to spend eight, like, it's funny because I say that and I'm like, I want to do all those things, but I, I told them today, I said, if you go up against me and you spend four hours working on a video, and I'm, I'm good at making videos, I'm not trying to be a conceited, but if you spend four hours making video and I spend four hours commenting, I guarantee you I'll, I will outperform you every single time. And so focus on the social aspect of it, not the not trying to go viral. For sure. Um, number three, open houses. I'm a huge fan of open houses um, for many, many reasons. My f number one reason is I get face-to-face -face communication with human beings, which I love. Um, nobody's slamming the door in my face. Nobody's hanging up on me. Nobody's yelling at me. Nobody's responding with uh, rude or inappropriate emails or text messages. Like, I'm getting face to face with people. For me, that's where I'm in my element. Element, and for most people, um, same thing. We're we're in our element there. In addition, it allows you to do tons of other things, like put signs up all around the community with your name on them. Um, it allows you to create social content for that the home that you're holding open. It allows you to call everybody in the neighborhood to invite to your open. It allows you to door knock everybody in the neighborhood to invite to your open. Um, it allows you to do so many freaking things that you probably wouldn't otherwise do. So huge fan of open houses. I know I pulled the numbers earlier. We've already done over 50, put over 50 properties under contract this year from open houses last 12 months 1.1 million in gci there you go um and again i love open houses it's free uh or, or, or close to free it's close it's a one-time setup fee yeah uh, I've, I've had people ask me all the time like it, actually i think we shot a video on this like i've only had a thousand dollars to spend like what should i spend it on open house signs and flags and like the materials i have in my open house is exactly where i would spend it yeah, because you're going to use that stuff over and over and over and over again, as opposed to like going and buying thousand dollars worth of online leads, which I mean, some of these portals today, that's like one, um, <laughs> like a thousand dollars worth of open house signs with the frames, the stakes, the flags, the having the tablet to sign in and the materials to distribute. Like that's where I'd spend my thousand bucks all day. Well, again, we look at the math that we talked about earlier, right? 10% dial to contact ratio, 10% contact to appointment ratio. So it's a hundred dials before you get into um, face to face with someone, and at twenty dials an hour, that's five hours of calling before you get face to face with someone, or you get do an open house and you do a bad job at the open house and only three groups come in. You do two hours open house, you set spend an hour setting up, an hour breaking down. You get three people show up. It's, that's not a great showing. It's that, or you call for what is that fifteen hours? Right. To do that, four hours face to face. Or 15 hours phone calls to get the same face-to-face. -face. Um, I love that we get to skip the cold calling. We get to skip the uh, hanging up. We get to skip all that. We yep. just go straight to meeting you. Yep. I love that. Yeah, so open house, huge. And we've done uh, other videos on open houses. Just go on YouTube and type in Whistleway open house. You'll find that stuff. We've done some a uh, lot of videos around that. Do you, you want to get multiple escrows in the next 30 days, do 30 open houses. Like I'll challenge you. We did a video on that. Um, if you want escrows in the next 30 days, do 30 open house. I promise you, you will get escrows from that. If only we have like a case study of someone that actually did that. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's doing like 10 a month, so, but you guys probably don't want to do like 10 deals a month. So um, don't, maybe just don't do it. That, that, Cause then you'd be busy and you'd have to like work and that would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. You got to follow up. With uh, people that want to buy or sell. Yeah. You got to like figure out how you're going to pay the taxes on the income and stuff. It's, 
That's icky. That's, that's rough. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth one, and now I know you said like these don't apply to everybody. They do. Um, for us, we call it team leads, right? How do our agents handle the leads that we provide to them? And if you are not on a team, this is the leads you provide for yourself. So what is your process for uh, maximizing conversion on the leads that you generate or your team generates for you? So it's yeah, applicable um, regardless if you're solo or on a team or team member or team leader, I mean, um, is what is your process for lead follow-up? So do you actually have a system that you follow consistently. And now the system is not the same for every lead because we got to understand like a referral from a past client. If I do the exact same thing with that, that I do from like a pay-per-click lead, that's not going to go well because a pay-per-click lead 17 times in the first 24 hours. Yeah. I know. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Your referral, you don't need to call them every single day for a week straight, like you would a pay-per-click lead. So something that's really important, and I know this is actually your rock for this month, is like really making sure that you, if you're solo, or your agents, if you're part of a team, understand the journey that a lead went on before it landed in your inbox. Where did, what website did the person go to? What did they do when they were on the website? Once they did the thing, what happened? What happened between them filling out a form on a website and my phone ringing? What was said to them? What was promised to them? What is their expectation? Like understanding all of that is really important and applying the appropriate amount of pressure based on the type of lead is vitally important. And then having long-term systems and processes to make sure things don't slip through the cracks, um, making sure that you have the processes for when you do get that appointment, what happens, right? How do you set the appointment and make sure that they show and then also make sure that they convert, like having all that stuff dialed in. So just to kind of recap it, it's your sphere of influence, social media, um, open houses, and then your incoming leads. Very cool. Yeah, we call them team leads, but you can, like you said, Incoming leads, paid leads. This is where I would put the the fourth category of when people think social media and you think, oh, Facebook and Instagram ads. That's not what I would put in social media. I would put that yeah. in our paid lead section. And honestly, what I would challenge you guys right now is agents who are solely based on sphere without having any incoming leads are actually have struggled in the last 12 months because the problem is you can't really do anything to get your sphere to buy. But incoming leads are new leads that are going on these websites knowing that the rates are in the sevens and they're filling out the form, right? They're, they go to the website. It tells them what the mortgage payment's going to be. They fill out the form and they're interested. Um, now, of course, the conversion rate's lower, but there's still, these are new people that are coming in that are interested. So I think right now, and probably more than ever, it's been important to have that balanced business between sphere and um, new leads coming in. I think you needed that balance a lot. And our agents who've made sure to balance the two have done really well. And some of our agents who've been much more sphere focused over the years um, and maybe let off the gas on the new leads have struggled a bit. And I think the thing about sphere without getting too far down that rabbit hole where I would kind of, I, I, I you're right. I, I don't think you're wrong, but where I think um, those that are focused heavy on sphere where I think the opportunity lies to still build their business is to continuously add to the sphere. And I think a lot of people that have had sphere-based business has been, have been able to coast on that sphere that they've already established. I think part of focusing on sphere, and that's part of what we do on our challenge, is how do you grow that? How do you consistently add to it? Not just sit on, oh, I've got 500 people that know me, and I'll just work that 500. It's how do I add to it every week every month so that way it goes from 500 to 550 to 600 so on yep. that's how things add they get bigger <laughs> i don't know how i explained what 
550 was bigger than 500, but yeah, we appreciate you, Brian. We'd be lost without you. <laughs> cool. That's why we keep Brian uh, with a camera in his hand. <laughs> awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of the show today. If you did, if you're watching uh, on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. Let YouTube know if you have some questions, throw them in the comment section. Brian and I will personally respond to those. And if you want more of our content, hit that notification button uh, or subscribe button and then the little notification bell and YouTube will deliver some more content. And if you're watching or listening on a podcast platform, uh, if you could hook us up with a review on there and subscribe, that means a lot to us as well. Before we wrap up the show, we want to jump into something we refer to as the whistle widget of the week. This is something we utilize in our business that saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have a little bit more fun. Yeah. Mine today is something we have covered in the past, but something I've just started using recently. Um, and it's called Libby. It's a way where you can check out books from your local library um, online from the app. And what I really love about it is then you can transfer that to your Kindle. I love reading at night. I finished a series I was reading um, and I was like, okay, I got to find something new. And so Libby will let you do it. You can check it out for uh, 21, I think 21 days or 28 days. It's probably different based on your library. Um, and you can basically get free Kindle books. And there may or may not be a hack that I heard about online uh, that I can neither confirm nor deny about uh, if you can, can't read a book in 21 days, if you set your Kindle to airplane mode um, after the 21 days is up, uh, Libby will then release it back out to be able to really be um, be checked out by someone else, but it won't remove it from your device until uh, you reconnect it to the internet, which is mm. uh, something I've heard and not not uh, not condoning, but a neat little trick if it takes you 22 days, not 21. So uh, I'm an anxious person. And you? I no way. I, I'm like, dude, if, if it says 21 days, I'm going to like, it's either going to take me two months or I'm like, all right, let's read it in three days because I, I don't want to run out. So uh, Libby. Well, it's you know app. it's against the law to return a book late. I'm not, you're not returning it late. You're returning it on time. It's just not being collected I, late. I just love when people say like, it's against the law to do that. I'm like, against the law or like against the rules? Like people say things are against the law Is way too much. People say against the law in, in real estate all the time. You can't do that. It's against the law. Like law? No, like get out of here. This All is right. the rules that are governing yeah, just our rules, not laws. <laughs> this is a whole different animal. All right, what do you uh, got? Uh, mine, uh, it's funny. The, the VMAs, MTV's Video Music Awards was just on, and it's uh, they have become PC. So it is. It used to be called the Moon Man. Now it's the Moon Person. I wanted to make sure I checked this one before I plugged it because I thought maybe this one has changed names, but it is not. Okay. Um, this so, is so politically incorrect. No, I don't mean. That's up for debate. It's 2023. So uh, Google, like I'm in the development game now and building buildings. And one of the things that's very important is developing as we buildings, build, not developing apps. Yes. As we build buildings is understanding what's the lay of the land, literally, um, where we're building these buildings and what kind of parking is available and things along those lines. And so the, there's a, a feature that a lot of people don't realize exists um, when you're just looking at a Google map and it's called Pegman. So I thought it might be Peg Person now, but it's still called Peg Man. I confirmed that before I said it. Um, don't need any haters out there. Got enough of them. Um, I just call it the person dropper. So Peg Man, if you're on your computer and you're looking at a map, it's down in the bottom right corner. It's a little orangish colored uh, person. And you can just drag that. And then as soon as you 
start dragging it, all the streets that have it available will light up blue and you can drop Pegman anywhere in the street and you can start walking down the street and you could look up, down, around and you could see exactly what does everything look like there. So right now I'm using that for development stuff, um, but I've used that a lot when we're planning out our open house strategy too. So when I'm going to do an open house, I want to figure out where are all my signs going to go before I show up there. Like if you're figuring out where your signs go the day of when you get there, that's not the right way to do it. You should plan that in advance. So it's nice to drop Pegman at an intersection and figure out like how many corners do I have? Is there concrete or is there dirt that I can put a stake in or do I have to use an A-frame? So Pegman comes in really handy for that as well. So we use it for photography as well to see if homes are qualified for twilight or um, if we're going to have to figure out where we're going to park or all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So check that out. Cool. Awesome guys. Well, again, hopefully you got a ton of value out of the show today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kyle Whistle with eXp Realty. I'm Brian Kochi. See you next week.